Hello and welcome to Inside Intercom. I'm Liam Garrity. You know, over the past few weeks, we've been discussing chatbots and AI, but one question I haven't asked or even thought to ask is, can a chatbot have a sense of humor? Or at least can a chatbot tell a joke at the very least? Well, my guest today, Joe Toplin, could not be more qualified to answer that question. Not only did he receive an SB in engineering and, and applied physics and an MBA, for both from Harvard, uh, but he was also co-head writer of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and head writer of Late Show with David Letterman. He's currently the lead humor engineer for WitScript, a hybrid AI system for improvising jokes in a conversation. Joe, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hi, Liam. Um, so let's jump right into WitScript. What is it and how did it come about in the first place? WitScript is a, a hybrid AI system for generating jokes. Uh, it's a neural symbolic hybrid, which means that it combines a symbolic system, which consists of joke writing algorithms that I created as a, a human comedy writer. And it combines those with a large language model, which is the neural part. So basically what it does is uh, you give it a sentence, you give WitScript a sentence, which it considers to be the topic of a joke. And then it uses GPT 3.5 to execute the steps in a joke writing algorithm, or actually several joke writing algorithms that I created based on my experience as a comedy writer. So I'm presuming that kind of uh, background of those two things smashing together is kind of how you came up with this, because it's so specific between, you know, the, the, the engineering behind it and the comedy. Yeah, the way it began was I was invited to teach comedy writing, and I decided that people would like to, to hear me talk about how to write for late night comedy shows like the David Letterman show and the Jay Leno show. So to do that, I had to figure out how I write comedy, how I write jokes and desk pieces and sketches, because once I was able to, once I knew what, how I did it, I could teach other people to do it. So I came up with a course outline, and in the process of doing that, I thought really hard about how humans write jokes, because jokes are, are the building blocks of a lot of the other short-form comedy pieces on a late-night comedy talk show. And nobody had really ever done that before. I, I did a lot of research, uh, I read a lot of books, and, and nobody had a system or a recipe for, for writing the kind of joke you'd have in a, a late-night comedy monologue. So I read a lot of jokes and I reverse engineered them. I, I looked at them and I said, all right, what did the writer do with these words to, to get a laugh? How did the writer go from the topic sentence, the, the subject of the joke, to, to the, the angle and the punchline? And I, I kind of factored in my own joke writing process. I thought, well, what does my brain do when I'm trying to write a joke? I'm reading the news and I'm saying, all right, I have to come up with jokes because that's what I'm getting paid to do. How do I approach that task? So I, I reduced that process to a, a bunch of recipes. I call them punchline makers uh, and there are other techniques involved and taught that to the students and eventually decided that there might be other people interested in, in what I had to say that couldn't come to the class. And so I wrote a book. Comedy writing for late night TV, which, uh, if you don't mind, I'll hold up right here. Comedy <laughs> writing for late night TV, Joe Toplin. Perfect. Uh, so all the algorithms are in there, and now I had a book, and people were buying it, 
And I asked myself, who else might be interested in what's in the book? And I did a little research and found out there was a, a an academic field called computational humor. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. It was a fairly new field. It had only been around for about 20 years. Wow. And I started contacting researchers in the area and, and introducing my book and saying, well, you might be interested in a book that explains how humans write jokes, because then maybe you could teach a computer to do that. I made a little progress, but it wasn't moving fast enough. So I eventually decided that if anybody was going to teach a, a computer to have a sense of humor, it was going to have to be me. <laughs> so at that time, the tools of artificial intelligence were starting to get useful. And years ago, IBM's Watson beat humans uh, on the TV show Jeopardy. And that was a big milestone in artificial intelligence and what a computer can do with language. And I read a paper on that and decided that, well, if Watson can beat humans in Jeopardy uh, by, by doing these tasks, possibly it can write a joke because writing a joke uses a lot of those same tasks. So that kind of gave me encouragement, the, the Watson experience. And, <laughs> and then text generators started coming along and uh, Word2Vec, uh, word embeddings, vector spaces. And so I used whatever tools I had to, to come up with a very crude way of, of doing writing a joke, generating a joke that involved wordplay. And then the AI tools get more and more sophisticated. As I got a, a more talented tool, I would incorporate it into the WitScript software. And then about a year and a half ago, GPT-3 came out and then 3.5. And I tried that and I said, this is really great because now this is a much easier and, and more efficient way and a more effective way to, to execute the steps of the joke writing algorithm than what I had been using before. So I plugged in GPT-3.5 and that's basically what WitScript is now. It's it's a way of writing a joke using the latest, most useful large language model that I have access to right now. That's great. So I, I suppose the question that will come to many people's mind is, is why do chatbots need to be able to generate, you know, original, relevant jokes when they're chatting? There's a fair amount of research that says that people are more comfortable interacting with technology like chatbots if they seem more human-like. And one way to make a chatbot more, more human-like is to give it a sense of humor, to allow it to recognize a joke, to improvise a joke. So in the right situations, a chatbot that can occasionally drop in a joke at an appropriate time based on something that the user said that will, it will relax the user, it'll make the user more comfortable, uh, the, it'll make the experience more delightful. In that situation, it would be useful, or it might be useful for a chatbot to have a sense of humor. A tool like uh, WitScript, uh, a system like WitScript can also be used by somebody who just wants to write jokes. A comedy writer or, or somebody who sees something on social media and wants to say something funny about it. And that person doesn't necessarily have the skill uh, to, to write a joke quickly or, or doesn't want to hire a comedy writer to write the joke. Mm -hmm. That person can just use WitScript to come up with a joke and use it for whatever the person needed the joke for, to punch up a speech or um, uh, maybe come up with a, a tagline for a product or something like that. That's kind of funny. Sure. Outside of that, what kind of areas are you talking about that WitScript could be kind of applied to? I, I suppose what I'm wondering is from kind of my background here in customer service. I'm wondering, could something like this be used for customer service chatbots? It definitely could be. 
Mm. Seems like the important factors to consider are, can you get the chat bot to know when the appropriate time is to, mm. to tell a joke? <laughs> if there's a, an, an angry user screaming at the, at the chat bot, no, probably a joke wouldn't be a good idea right there. <laughs> Another factor is to make sure that the joke was appropriate, that if it's generating a joke completely by itself with no human curation, you have to make sure that there are certain guidelines that the, the joke is going to be acceptable to the audience. Witchcript, for as long as I've been testing Witchcript, has really never come up with a joke that involves loving Hitler or anything like that. <laughs> GPT 3.5 is trained on basically the entire internet, books, Wikipedia. So what Witchcript thinks about President Biden or Donald Trump is basically kind of the average of what everybody thinks about Biden and Trump. Mm-hmm. So that makes the jokes that it comes up with fairly safe and generally acceptable. Another factor to consider is the brand that Chatbot is representing. If the brand has a, a playful persona, then you might say, well, a chatbot that is representing the brand might be improved or made more entertaining by adding a joke module, a, a humor module like Witscript. One of the signature parts of, of any late night talk show is the monologue, like you mentioned, and monologue jokes are the models for Witscript's jokes. Why monologue jokes for a conversation? Because the structure of a monologue joke is the way I break it down in my book. It's topic, angle, and punchline. The topic is the sentence that the joke is based on. It's the news item in the case of a a late night talk show. The angle is the direction that the joke takes to get to the punchline. And the punchline is the incongruity at the end of the joke that the listener, the audience resolves suddenly. And that's what produces the laugh. So the three-part joke structure of topic, angle, punchline one of my insights that kind of led to Witch Group was that is, is, is basically what's happening when you're improvising a joke in a conversation. Your friend says something to you, that's the topic of a potential joke. So all you have to do as a comedy writer or as a joke improviser is take that topic and execute the steps of the joke writing algorithm that a late night comedy show writer would take to create a joke based on that topic. So the, the news topic in a monologue for a, a comedy show is the same as the setup or the topic that you'd get when somebody says a sentence to you. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript. It's a new series of candid conversations with intercom leadership all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode one is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect. I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but For every single tech company, this is an adapt or die moment. It's inevitable that all businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. In this post-AI world, new companies will rise, old companies will fall. Of course, some of these new companies will flame out. Some old companies will pivot successfully too. I don't think any of us could see a world where this wasn't going to be one of the biggest changes in the customer service landscape ever. The world we care about is customer service, and it's so patently obvious that the old way will be quickly obsolete. We're racing hard to build a future which will result in better experiences and results for customers and businesses too. It's not just a product change, it's a mindset change. Let's make space to talk about all of this. We have so much we want to share. We want to explore these ideas in the open. We want to provoke new ones in you. We want to learn from your reaction. 
you just click the kind of like big stupid go button, right, and see what happens. Welcome to Offscript. That's all to come on Offscript. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. How does Witscript kind of execute all of those steps, you know, that you're talking about in terms of the basic joke writing kind of algorithm? It's a series of seven or eight prompts. The user gives the input, the sentence. It could be a news item. It could be a funny observation, something that that Witscript then takes as the potential topic of a joke. And then almost very literally, the program has a prompt for every step in the human joke writing algorithm that I've, I've used as a framework for, for Witscript. So the first step is to select two topic handles, for example. Now, topic handles are the two most important nouns or noun phrases in the topic. So the human would, the first step in writing a joke would be to identify those. That's something a large language model can do. You can give GPT 3.5 a prompt. What are the two most interesting, attention-getting nouns and noun phrases in this topic, and it will execute that step, those topic handles will feed into the next step of the joke writing process. So the the general term for the that kind of process is prompt chaining. The output of, of one prompt, which you get back, becomes the input for the next prompt. So it's a, a series of steps, which also allows the system to be very transparent. When I'm debugging the system and I'm trying to figure out, well, why aren't these jokes funnier? I can go in and say, <laughs> all right, it selected the wrong topic handles. I have to tweak that prompt. Or the associations that it generated for Tom Cruise were not the ones that I would have, as a comedy writer, I would have focused on. How do I get better associations for that prompt? And so it's just a series of, a lot of actually, prompt design and, uh, and tweaking and adjusting the temperature and, and all, the, all the little levers that you can adjust with a, a large language model. That's interesting. Like, w- what's the kind of scale, I suppose, of the, like, how does the system evaluate itself? Like, how does it determine what a good joke is? The way the system works is it generates five joke candidates. I have five separate techniques for coming up with a potential punchline that, that I, as a human, use when I'm writing jokes and now Witscript uses. And you can see what the five joke candidates are, A, B, C, D, E. And then what it does is it selects which of those joke candidates it believes is the funniest. And that's just something I asked GPT 3.5 to do. That's that's another task. Which which of these candidates do you, do you think is, the, and by you, I mean the machine, does the machine think will will be the funniest to the user? And that, that was a big revelation too, that I could rely on the system to to not only generate the possible punchlines, but but come up with the one to deliver as its final choice. If it's in a, a conversational system, it can't rattle off five potential jokes to the user and say, you pick one. It has to pick one and then and then deliver that. It, it's also interesting to go in and, and look at the five and say, oh, interesting, that that approach produced that joke. And many times it's not a joke at all. It's just <laughs> that was the output of that that particular algorithm. And that's that's kind of helpful because if you're a comedy writer, you may not like the final choice that that Witscript offers. You might say, "Oh, I like B better than than E. I liked E, but I B is I think funnier." Or I could take B and just change that word, and that'll be a great joke. So it can also be the the system could also be a very useful writing assistant for coming up with your own jokes. 
Yeah, I was going to say, perfect for, you know, in that situation where you can just tweak it a bit. But could you give us some examples of Witscript's jokes? And and have you kind of compared them to jokes you might have written and, and kind of asked people, say, blindly, like like the Pepsi Coca-Cola test of which, which is which? Yeah, I do post jokes every day. Oh, wow. On Twitter that Witscript wrote. Oh, brilliant. So you go on Twitter, at Witscript is the, the Twitter handle. Let me let me read a few of the recent ones. Okay. <laughs> this is one I posted yesterday. Uh, the user says, it's National Donut Day, and Krispy Kreme is offering a free donut. And Witscript says, get ready for National Diarrhea Day. <laughs> uh, donuts cause diarrhea. I actually, lo- I actually looked that up, and yeah, they do because of the fat and the sugar. <laughs> right, okay. How about... Uh, the user says Netflix shareholders voted against big compensation packages for the company's top executives. And which group says, well, I guess they'll just have to Netflix and chill. <laughs> uh, the jokes are directly related, uh, contextually relevant, as, as they say, to, to yeah, the Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. And, and on, in terms of the, like, I suppose the, the comedy writing element is so fascinating. I mean, there's a broader discussion, I suppose, about art and AI. And, and I suppose is this something you would have used back in the day when writing? Like, would this have been, I, I suppose some people might be resistant to something like this. The monologue writers on a late night talk show have a big job. They, especially working for Jay Leno on The Tonight Show, he would do a, a, like a 30 joke monologue which means that the the writing staff had to come up with literally hundreds of jokes every day. So in that situation where where quantity and quality are both important, I could easily see a writer using Witscript to just input the news of the day and and just say, all right, Mm -hmm. give me some ideas, give me some suggestions. And some of the jokes would be word perfect. You wouldn't have to change them at all, and they could just go on the air. Some of them would need a little work by the human and some of them would be totally useless, but then you just ignore them. (laughs) So I could see professional writers and certainly non-professional writers using Witscript, but maybe not admitting if you're a professional, you may not admit (laughs) that you're getting help from a machine. There was years ago, there was a program called Idea Fisher and some comedy writers use that. What it was basically was you, you put in a word like Christmas and it just gives you lots of associations. What do you think of when you think of Christmas? Here's a list of Christmas carols. Right. Santa Claus, North Pole, elves. So if you're writing a joke about Christmas, part of the process of writing a joke is connecting associations, linking associations. So if, you, if you're trying to write a joke about, uh, like one of the top 10 lists we did on the Letterman Show is top 10 Santa Claus pet peeves, pet peeves of Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be useful to have a, a list of associations. What do you think when you think of Santa Claus? And then it would be a joke about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and, and uh, <laughs> uh, holiday fruitcake or going down the chimney. So that was kind of an early example of how mm. software did help professional joke writers. And this wow. is, I think, just an extension of that. Not all of them, but but that's how I was introduced to Idea Fisher. Somebody said, oh, here's something I use. And I said, wow. That's yeah, yeah. Because as a human, you do that anyway. It's just an easier yeah. way to do it. I'm guessing, you know, you would have a field day writing jokes about AI and chatbots if you were writing monologue for a late night talk show now. Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> okay, here's one that Witscript wrote about that. 
The user says, tech experts are warning that artificial intelligence poses a risk of extinction for humans. Witscript says, if only we could use AI to figure out how to get rid of AI. <laughs> oh, here's another one. Okay. The president of Microsoft says that he expects the U.S. government to regulate artificial intelligence this year. Witscript says, don't worry, the government will regulate AI just as well as it regulates everything else. <laughs> so, pretty good jokes. Yeah, uh, pretty yeah. good jokes. Certainly pitchable if you're turning jokes into the, the host of a, a comedy show and because yep. you never know what the host is going to go for. Absolutely. And for podcasts, I'm sure. <laughs> for plenty. That's true. So where is kind of Witscript now at the minute? Because uh, obviously you, you've been, like you say, you've been working on it for a while. Where is it now and, and where do you see its future? I'm, I'm still doing some internal testing. I'm still doing some tweaking. It's in a, a limited beta test mode. So the next step is to figure out the best way to allow individuals to have access to it. And that's going to mean coming up with a way to keep track of users and uh, a, a way to process payments and things like that. So my next step is to, uh, I'm exploring ways to do that efficiently and effectively to get it into the hands of people who, who can actually use it. Where can people go? Like if they you know, want to keep up with it and, and read more about it, where could, should they go? There's a website, witscript.com. Uh, so you can go to witscript.com. Any announcements that I have about the availability, I'll put there. And if you just want to see what the latest output is from Witscript, go on Twitter, at Witscript, and you can see uh, Witscript's take on uh, the news of the day. And sometimes I'll use the same topic. I, I also <laughs> write jokes uh, and post them on Twitter. Joe, at Joe Toplin is my Twitter handle. And sometimes there will be a, a joke where I'll write it on the topic and I'll give the same topic to Witscript and Witscript will have its own take. That's brilliant. I, straight after this, I'm following you and Witscript. So I think we could all do with a, a few more jokes in our timelines at the minute. But Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Liam. It's been fun. This is Inside Intercom.